0: You wanna learn how to be consultative in your sales process? Then you gotta learn how to sell like a consultant. I'm gonna show you how to do that using one three-letter word today on this episode of the Do This Sell More Show. Now, here's your host, the master of relationship sales strategy himself, Dave Lorenzo. Hi, it's Dave Lorenzo. This is the Do This, Sell More Show. I want to welcome you to the show today. We are talking about how you can be consultative in your sales process. That's right. What does that mean? It means you get to the underlying motivation and you use the motivation. The reason why people are purchasing what they're purchasing to help close the deal. I'm gonna give you six examples of how using the word why means everything in your consultative sales process. Before we do that, I wanna ask you for a favor. Each show, we take your questions and I answer one of your questions. You'll see me do it today at the end of our show. I need you to send me those questions here at the Do This Sell More show. So what you need to do is send your questions to Ask Dave at, at dlorenzo.com. Ask Dave at dlorenzo.com. Ask Dave at dlorenzo.com. Send me your questions. If you want to send them in writing, that's fine. My preference is make a video. Shoot me a video on your phone, a one minute video of you asking me the question. I may use your video on YouTube or on the C Suite Network, or I may use the audio on my daily podcast. Your questions are the lifeblood of our show. Sometimes we decide which topics we're going to focus on because we've got so many questions on that specific topic. Thanks for joining me, thanks for being a member of our community and please send me your questions. All right, let's talk about the word why and how it becomes the key focus in consultative sales. The reason why people do things is very, very important, but the emotion behind the reason is their motivation. That's what we wanna figure out because we wanna be able to use that to close the deal. So let me give you an example. You walk into the meeting, you look at the client, and you say, thanks for inviting me in here. Why are we meeting today? And they're gonna tell you why they set up the meeting or whatever, and then you say, okay, why is this a problem for you? And why do you want to solve it? And why are you worried about it? And why is now the right time? Of all the times to solve this problem, why now? And why are you talking to me specifically? And why do you believe that when we work together, we're gonna be successful? These questions, these six questions, are great examples of using the reason why in order to close the deal. Now, you can't sit there and sit back in your chair and go, why am I here, why is this a problem, why do you need to solve it, why are you worried about it, why now, why are you talking to me, and why are we gonna be successful? If you just rattled off those questions, you'd look like an idiot, you'd look like a fool, you'd look like a moron, I don't want you to do that. What I want you to do is I want you to use each of these questions when it's appropriate. So you sit down and you say, thanks for inviting me in, so tell me, why are we meeting today? And they give you the reason why we're meeting. And then you say, hmm, I get it, okay, why is this a problem? And then they're going to say, well, what do you mean? Explain the nature of the problem to me. What, what happens here? And they'll tell you why it's a problem. Now, the first time you ask that question, you may not get the real answer. You may get symptoms and not the underlying problem itself. So you're going to probe a little deeper, and then you're going to ask my second question. You're going to say, well, why do you, why do you want to solve it? Let me give you a a kind of a role play. I walk in and I say, thanks for inviting me over. Why are we meeting today? And they say, well, we need more revenue. We gotta get more clients in the door. And I say, I get it. Tell me, why is this a problem? I look around and your offices look really nice. It looks like you're in pretty good shape here. Why, why is this a problem? And they say, well, not today. We've got good business today we're worried about next year. Here's the reason why there's a tr- change in the law. It's gonna really prevent us from doing about 20% of what we currently do. So we want to replace 20% of our business next year. So now you've got some ammunition. You know what their motivation is. And when it's time to close the deal, you can use that. So you say to them, okay, I understand why this is a problem. Why why are you looking to fix it? Why are you looking to solve it? I mean, your current clients, you could easily pick up 20% of the business from them. You don't need new clients. Why are you looking to solve this? And they may, they may have a really good answer. They may say something along the lines of, well, you know, our current clients are great, but we don't wanna count on that growth. That needs to be bonus growth. We want 20% new business next year. I get it, I understand why are you worried about it? I mean, what, why is this keeping you up at night? And they'll say, well, it's keeping us up at night because we've looked at some of the pipeline reports and it's a lot worse than we originally anticipated. So now you've got some real information. Not only do they have a problem, Not only do they need to solve the problem, they don't just wanna solve the problem, they need to solve the problem. But if they don't solve the problem, there's some urgency, they're gonna have a huge problem because their their sales will be off by 20% next year. And you look at them and you say, okay, I get it, why now? Of all the times to solve this, you could have solved it two years ago, you could have solved it last year, why now? And then you're really gonna find out some motivation and you're gonna find out about urgency. You're gonna, you're gonna hear things like, well, like I said, the pipeline needs to be full next year, but our chairman is really focused on this because on the earnings calls, the analysts are beating him up because he had no plan to address this and we're hoping you could help. Now you've got some ammunition again when you go to close the deal. And then you say to them, why are you talking to me about this? When you ask that question, they're going to sell you on you. You're going to hear things like, well, you came highly recommended. 15 people told us we had to call you. I watched every video on your website, and it seems like you make so much sense when you speak on this subject. And we saw the testimonial from Joe Smith that we've worked with Joe Smith. He's the man. If he likes you, then we'll like you too. Great. They're already selling you on taking them on as a client. Then finally, why do you believe we will be successful? Why do you believe we will be successful? This is how you know that they're gonna put resources behind your work together with them. They'll say things like, well, we're gonna take your product and give it to all of our salespeople because that will increase their sales by 20% and will be set. So you know they're already thinking bigger. You know that they're already committed to this. You know in their mind they've already closed this deal. They're already engaged with you in their mind. That is a huge thing when you go to price the engagement and when you know how hard you need to push to close. So how do you use these? These questions when you go to close well you take their answers from these questions that you've asked them verbatim and you use it to close the deal very subtly so you say to them all right mr. Smith I've given you three options here you said this was a problem now because your pipeline you need to replace 20% of the people in your pipeline that tells me that we got to get going today. So here's the contract. If, if we get started today, there's a really good chance by the first of the year, we'll be pretty far down the road on this project. If we don't start now, I can't guarantee that by the first of the year, we'll be further down the road and you may be starting from scratch. You use their words to help close the deal. Well, Mr. Smith, you told me that you thought I was the best to solve this. And I know that you said that the price was a little bit higher than your budget. But think about the return on investment. And remember, the return on investment is almost guaranteed because you said it yourself. I'm the man to work on this. So let's sign the agreement. Hand me the check. Let's get started. You see how easy it is to use the words that they've shared with you in answering your questions to close the deal. Why are you worried about this? Well, I'm worried about this because if I don't solve it, my chairman's gonna be breathing down my neck and if he's breathing down my neck, I could be in big trouble. Okay, so you, you're not sleeping at night because your boss is breathing down your neck Sign the agreement, let's get to work. You can report on my progress with you every week to him. He'll feel good knowing that progress is being made and you don't have to worry anymore. You can sleep at night. The reason why is everything in sales and it's everything to closing deals. That's the consultative sales process. That's how you sell like a consultant. That's how we sell consulting services all day long. Learn from my process in consulting I ask a lot of why questions because I use the information to help motivate the client to close the deal because I've got the motivation from them. They're really essentially motivating themselves. Now it's the time in our show where we answer a question from a member of our audience. And today's question comes from Melissa in Oklahoma. Melissa asks Dave, what is the best time to take questions from members of the audience when I'm giving a speech? Oftentimes people interrupt me and ask questions and it gets me thrown off. Is it best just to leave the questions to the end? Well, Melissa, thank you for your question. This is something that comes up a lot when I teach my clients how to deliver presentations in order to help them sell more products and services. Now, our approach when we deliver presentations is we don't sell right from the stage unless, of course, it's a pitch meeting. What we do is we offer what I call a honeypot. We offer a special report or a free video course or access to an online website or something for the people in the audience so they can educate themselves further on the topic. Now, in order to get them to opt in, we have to receive their business cards or their contact information. So here's how I use the question time in the speech to also get the contact information. I deliver my speech, and at the beginning of my speech, I say, please hold all your questions. We're gonna take them about midway through the talk. I will let you know when it's time to ask questions, and then I go into my talk. At about the three-quarter point, not the, not the halfway point, I tell the audience the halfway point to set the expectation, but at the three-quarter mark, the 75% mark of my talk, I stop and I say, let's take a few questions now. I have time to take about two or three questions, and then I take three questions, and then I say, oh, and by the way, As I finish today, if you'd like to get my free report, it's absolutely free, no obligation, on the five things you need to know about blank, whatever the topic is, please pass your business cards to the center aisle. Pass them there now. I will pick them up as soon as I finish my talk. So once the talk is over, you'll see me running down the center aisle. I'll pick up all your business cards. If you have any questions, just meet me in the back of the room and I'll answer your questions as I continue to collect business cards. And then I answer the questions. And then once I've taken three questions, I mean, maybe you can squeeze in four depending on the time, I go back into my talk and I give my final closing story. It's usually a strong story. I get a rousing round of applause and then I run down the center aisle picking up all the business cards and I go to the back of the room and I talk to people in the back of the room as I collect a few additional business cards what this does is it does a couple of things it prevents people from interrupting you during the time in your talk you never want to take questions from a big crowd in the middle of your talk it also stops you from answering questions at the end of your talk you never want to finish a talk by answering questions if you're using my honeypot method to get the people's contact information Answering questions at the end of the talk is gonna screw that all up. People are gonna leave while the questions are being asked. You won't get the business cards. So what that does is it makes people focus on giving the business cards to the person who's on the center aisle so you can pick them up, and they think they're doing it at the middle of the talk so they think it's halfway over. Then when the talk is done, if anybody's forgotten, they can follow you to the back of the room and give you the business card there. The other thing it does is it finishes on a high note. The talk is finished in a strong, strong way, and everyone feels good about the experience they had when you guys were sitting in the room listening to me speak. You never wanna end your talk on questions because it really ends on a low energy level. You wanna end on a high energy level. So tell your strongest, your best story at the end so everybody leaves happy, excited, and really feeling like they had a great experience. So Melissa, there's your answer to your question about when you should take questions in a speech. I also gave you a little brief tutorial on the honeypot method. If anybody else has any questions, if those of you watching have any questions, please email me at askdave at dlorenzo.com, A-S-K-D-A-V-E at dlorenzo.com, A-S-K-D-A-V-E at D-L-O-R-E-N-Z-O.com. Um, I'm Dave Lorenzo. Until tomorrow, remember, if you do this, you will sell more.